5: 18 plus
0: Bel Air season 2 episode 10 is over but we are just getting started here on Bel Air and post show recap the season finale it's over season finale of season 2 is done and I know it's been a while but we did it y'all we have finished the finale, and we are ready to discuss this episode, the show that we spent the last ten weeks talking about. It and with me, one last time this season, it's my boy Puya.
3: Puya, what's good? Hey, everything's good, man. It's always a delight talking Bel Air with you. I am kind of sad that this is the end, um both because our podcast is done, but also we'll have to wait a whole year for season three, probably. Um, And and at this point, maybe even longer, who knows, Uh, things ain't looking good. So we'll see. But um, it was a finale. I'm very, I don't want to give anything away because I'm very curious to hear your thoughts as well. So I won't tell you if I liked it, hated it or anything in between
0: okay. All right. I like to keep that suspense going, you know? Um, so again, thank y'all for bearing with us. It's been a while, but let me tell you something. This is the end of a school year. I, if you didn't know I'm an educator and if it's, it's a busy, busy time for me right now, put a lot going on. I got a lot going on. So we were determined to get you this recap. As soon as we could, we lied and said it was coming very quickly. It did not, but it's okay. It's out now and you're listening to it, and we're going to have a good time talking about it. So, again, thank y'all. If you haven't already uh, subscribed to Bel Air and Post Recap, go ahead and knock that out for us. Go ahead and subscribe. Give us five stars because, one, we won't see a review if you don't give us five stars. And, also it motivates us to get these podcasts out a lot quicker because we're not seeing our stars coming in. It's just like, you know, I really just feel like we're not interacting enough as Bel Air, and post-show recap family here, you know? So let's get these five-star reviews going in these ratings. And we're going to yes. push through this because this is our last time talking about Bel Air this season. Puya, big picture. I know you don't want to spoil anything about how you feel about the episode, but I'll go ahead and say it. This was a finale. Uh, There is a lot of, big things happening in this finale a lot of storylines that were kind of wrapped up a little bit and a lot of them that have been uh pushed to cliffhanger status and that we would have to get to season three to talk about now we know bel-air has already been renewed for season three uh however there is a writer's strike that could potentially say that bel-air season three might start a little bit later Mm -hmm. uh than expected which is a really, really bad thing for us because we already complain about having to talk about this once a year in the spring, and now it could be longer. And so, uh, I'm not loving that part, Puya.
3: Yeah, I've gone from, uh, we'll see it next year to, I hope we see it, period, at some mm-hmm. point.
0: Yeah. I, I do not think you could leave us hanging on these cliffhangers here because there's so much that happened in this episode. Um, there's a couple things that I really don't care about too much, but there are definitely a few things that I think we need to address. And so, if you are a showrunner for this show, or if you pretend, like the if you want to be a showrunner for this show one day, because you know we go through those very quickly here on Bell Air Post Show Recap, please. Uh, Let's let's push through season three. Let's do what we got to do to get through season three because I have questions and I need answers for you.
3: I agree. I would also have. I'd like to have a lot of these answered because y'all gave us a lot, but you also gave us a lot of cliffhangers, like you said, Chappelle. So we're going to be in a position now where we're going to be speculating till our eyes and ears fall off. And normally that's fine if I know what's coming around the corner, but now I'm just going to be left with theories for, for over a year over a year, one day, uh, yeah it's a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. People need to pay their writers. Pay your writers a a decent wage. Go back to giving them money. Stop putting your shows on streaming services immediately after you drop them on TV so that these writers can get paid so that we don't have to wait years and years for our shows to follow up because I'd be damned if I have to wait over a year to to talk about this show because like you said there's so much that we need to touch on and I don't want to step away from it too long. I don't think we can go through that much stress of speculating all all the way until uh, mid 2024. So hopefully they wrap this up. The writers get on the same page and then they present us with a season of television that we could talk about um maybe in the fall, you know, fingers crossed or, you know, uh, I don't know But yeah, as long as, as long as I ain't got to wait till like next summer, I think I'll be okay.
3: I agree. I agree. You know, we ended the season, the episode, the season two with Will Smith's uh tunes summertime. of the summer I would like to not open back up into the summer. I would like for it to be before that.
0: Yeah, it would be nice. But uh, that's not our decision. We'll just have to keep our fingers crossed. And yeah, uh, yeah. and in the meantime, we'll take an ad break because we have to jump into all the craziness of this final episode uh, right after this
4: Pouya, we have some
0: headlines, and um, I like I said, normally we kind of go through this sequentially or whatever, but I just think we have to jump in. So are you good with that?
3: Yeah, man, it's the finale.
0: Yeah, it's the finale, so we're going to do things a little bit different. Pouya, Carlton is on Coke and stuff, and he's admitting it to everybody. What the hell?
3: Yo, the Carlton Coke story was so wild this episode. We had, you know, Carlton getting caught with it by none other than ashley Mm -hmm. then we had carlton doing a full-blown confessional episode up on stage in front of everybody we're talking faculty we're talking classmates we're talking parents Mm -hmm. and he's gonna go to rehab now because everything's out in the open chapelle
0: Yeah, he definitely needs rehab. This is a big moment for Carlton. As we know, throughout the season, we've been dealing with Carlton and Will battling it out to see who would get the Founders Award. Uh, And as the season progressed, it was pretty obvious that that it was going to eventually be Carlton. Uh, But I was not expecting him to get up on stage, uh, turn down the award, and then also admit that he is addicted to uh, cocaine currently. Uh, He is a drug user and a damn good one, he says, which I... I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, Puya, but I screamed laughing. Um, <laughs> Carlton's like, look, I'm a drug dealer, I'm a drug user. I'm sorry, and I'm really good at it. Matter of fact, I'm high right now. I'm shoot, I'm always high. I was like, well, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, and it was hard to watch that from Carlton. I mean, I was laughing, but it was a difficult moment because you know this is very hard for him. Uh, maybe the judgy looks he's getting from Ashley and and Jeffrey and um. You know, Drew are, is making him want to reveal this. But I was shocked that he said this in front of everybody, including his parents, because one thing you're not going to do in my black ass household is embarrass my mama and daddy in front of white folk. And he did just that. Puyo, did How did you feel watching uh, Carlton make this reveal, but also knowing that it's in front of the entire student body? Uh, well, everybody that matters, I guess, in his life
3: okay so i had two minds of the i was of two minds here one mm-hmm. was i'm happy carlton's doing this in front of people because publicly putting it out there you're kind of whole you know making it so that it's out there it's known you can't get away with it and if there's one thing he mentions like you said he's very good at hiding it right mm-hmm. granted i would say you're kind of sloppy because in, in this episode two people caught you oh one right. almost caught you and the other person straight up caught you so how, how good are you? But that's neither here nor there. I feel like putting it out there publicly, you're saying, hey, world, you can now hold me accountable. I'm being myself. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being honest. And then, you know, the world kind of knows your 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 mess. And then you're hopefully not going to do those messes anymore because everyone knows that you were doing those messes. So I feel like from that, uh, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Now comes the family part. I don't love that now again your entire family is standing there in complete shock. none of them know this but also now they're learning about it in front of all these other people they're they're finding out that you do this the same as a classmate of yours that you've never talked to finding out that you're doing this which I don't mm-hmm. love right uh, you know your parents knowing first and, and trying to help you is always the move in a situation like this. I don't love that for the parents, but I do think it's a net positive for Carlton ultimately. And it's the right call for Carlton.
0: Yeah, it might've been the the right call to come clean about it in front of his parents. But I, I, yeah, I can't get behind him doing this in front of everybody because- um, he has a high profile family, you know, mm-hmm. uncle Phil is a, a big time, a lawyer who recently ran for DA, uh, you know, and so that probably doesn't look great for him just in general. Like we know the bank's family be in the news, uh, Aunt Viv is doing some big stuff with her fellowship right now. And she's making some moves. Hillary is literally an influencer and in tomorrow's newspaper, <laughs> you get to see Carlton <laughs> talking about, uh, how he does go. In front of everybody, you know, yeah. it's like, and I I get it, you know, some things need to be brought to the light, but man, you don't have to burn everything else to the ground on the way to doing that to me. As <laughs> at least that's how I, I feel.
3: No, I, and I think you're bringing up a very good point. We obviously don't see any of the, not backlash, but repercussions of, of Carlton's action here of telling it in front of everyone. But like you said, they are high profile. So maybe we'll see that in season three. In either anecdotally or full on, see like the fallout there. We'll find out. I want to raise this point though 1 billion percent, he would never have done this in front of everybody if not for the fact that Ashley caught him and he reacted the way he did and he felt guilty about it.
0: Oh, yeah. This, this, this was. All Ashley's fault. Uh, because let me take you on the journey. You did mention earlier that Carlton has gotten really sloppy with his drug use. Uh, there's a moment where he's just he's just doing it in the locker room, like in a, I mean in the hallway at his locker, like he's not even hiding it. Um, to where his teacher walked up on him one time, he narrowly escaped that, but then Ashley walked up on him this time, and this was really hard for him because Ashley was just complimenting Carlton and Will and Will, but Carlton as well about how he's a role model for her and it's okay to be unapologetic unapologetically herself and she learned that from Carlton so she's giving him like the wide-eyed innocence of a child look uh, Mm -hmm. or like minutes before this happens and then she walks up on the boy doing coke now initially we know carlton he's a good liar so he lies I'm like oh this is xanax but ashley ain't dumb she's like no it's not xanax i know what that is and i'm about to go tell some people because you obviously need help and that's when he kind of jacks her up a little bit he grabs her and he's like don't you goddamn say anything goes, hold on carlton um and yeah that moment i think the look on ashley's face the fear in her eyes the disbelief um the disappointment all of that happened at one time and Carlton saw that kind of reflected at himself. He could see himself for the first time. Oh, and yeah. I, I I think you're right. I don't think he liked how he looked. And so looking out at the crowd and again, seeing Ashley's judgy ass looks, uh, Jeffrey, who has been looking upside his head for a few episodes mm-hmm. and Drew, who has been trying to ring the bell and tell everybody that Carlton is out of his uh, mind right now. Uh, they're all staring at him. You know, giving him a face like uh, you a fraud, and so I think he finally felt like he had to come clean.
3: Yeah, I feel like you know, I love that you mentioned him seeing his true self in that moment through their eyes, because you know there there is different things that one can use and you know use too much of or abuse in in life when it whether it's drugs, alcohol, like you can definitely overdo. And or you become very much someone who can use and be fine and seem normal in spaces. And I feel like Carlton very clearly, we know, has been doing this and hanging out with the Banks family every day. And no one's noticed anything. He's become high functioning. He can get through. No one's going to see a peep. But in that moment, what he sees is, oh, so this is someone in my family. Like my condition is the same. I'm doing the same thing I did yesterday. But now Ashley knows I'm doing it. Now Jeffrey knows I'm doing it. Drew sees right through me. And just seeing those couple faces that know, and he clearly knows that this is something he doesn't want to share with people. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't be hiding it. And now he's seeing what it looks like if people know, right? And specifically Mm. his loved ones know. And he knows in that moment, yeah, I put, you know, I essentially intimidated my own sister to keep this Mm. quiet. And is that really the relationship I want to have with someone who sees me as a role model? Is that a relationship with someone who just looked up to me? And now I'm looking at her and she's looking down on me. It's no longer looking up at me. And I hate this. I don't like this. He, I mean, he didn't like it so much he couldn't let it happen for an hour, right? Right. Pretty much right when he goes to do the speech, he's like, you know what? Nope, I can't sit with this feeling. I hate what I did. I hate what I did. I can't do it. Yeah,
0: low moment for Carlton. He ends up going to apologize to his mom and dad when they get home from uh, the Founders Award. Um, and um, and Viv is trying to do the gentle parenting thing, but Uncle Phil is not having it. He is fed up. Um, and he asked Carlton, how long have you been doing this? And Carlton says two or three years. Puya, Carlton's been doing coke since he was 14 years old.
3: Yeah, well, what's the math here? I'm sorry. Are we just going to <laughs> just go with this timeline that it's been three years and you did not – a 14-year-old was doing this and, and no one co- – again, if he's being sloppy now, he has to have been sloppy for three years. There's no shot, right? I mm, mean, it, you – have 14. 14. Yeah. It's not a deep locker. You really thought putting your head <laughs> half inside this locker, no one's going to know what you're up to?
0: And he's been using his weekly allowance <laughs> since he was basically 14, 15 years old to buy coke. Uh and his parents, um, uh, none the wiser. We we've talked about this before and uh they kind of address it in this episode. But the Banks family, Aunt Viv, Uncle Phil, they really don't be that tapped in into Carlton, you know. They I think he was giving off the golden boy vibes for so long that they were giving him the space to do that. Um and he's somebody who probably didn't need that space. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncle Phil goes off on Carlton and he's telling him, he's giving him everything. And you, I've, I've never had the opportunities you had. And, you know, I've I had to struggle my whole life and i never got in these situations. And there were, I have a mixed feelings about this because Carlton is defending himself saying, of course, dad, like that's part of the, pro- the problem. The pressure that you put on me, you always saying about how we haven't had to struggle and all this other stuff. And you're basically calling me weak by saying that like now I've reverted to drug use and anxiety and stuff like that. And I hear him, but also Carlton, maybe take some accountability in this moment, you know? Um,
3: Yeah. It's a little past the buck for sure. I'm sure oh, there's yeah. validity there, but
0: mm-hmm. it's very manipulative again. Like this is a person who just stood up on stage and said, no, I'm good at lying to people and manipulating people to get what I want. And instead of saying, Damn, Daddy, you know you made me, you you right. You got you like <laughs> you know I I have struggled with that, and also I have anxiety and stuff like that. He's more like yeah, you made me feel this way. You're always you think I'm supposed to be perfect, um. And this pushes Uncle Phil to a place where he was very very angry, uh, because he finally just shout, shouts like I'm tired of getting punished for giving y'all everything, and I think that was such a valid point. Um, Uncle Phil has done nothing but spoil his kids basically and every time something happens in one of their lives they're like uncle phil i hate you dad i hate you like this man can't catch a break
3: yeah i feel like you know in a a perfect home everything everything provided everything good am i really getting penalized for providing and giving everyone this you know open availability to explore whatever they want to do because they've got the means. And I didn't have the means. I'm providing these means. So you don't have to suffer like I do. I feel like this is a thing that um a lot of parents definitely go through. I think immigrant parents, especially mm-hmm. the whole, like, I, we moved to this country for you to be able to like be right. free and like, you know, do what to have access to resources. We never did. Um, But the guilt trip also comes there too. I genuinely do think, I mean, you know, as a son of immigrants, um, mm-hmm. definitely the guilt trip does come in there. They do play the guilt trip card. And if, if you're susceptible to guilt trip, which I am, um, it weighs on you. It definitely weighs on you. So I feel car- for Carlton here, but also I feel for, for Uncle Phil in a way, because Uncle Phil is actively, you know, giving everyone the life they want. You have access to this. You have, you know... You have the opportunity to go to any school you want. Hillary, you have the opportunity to become an influencer. Like Everyone's got everything, but then they're always quick to blame Uncle Phil, or at least that's how he feels, of why am I getting to be the scapegoat and why am I the bad cop? Viv, you're talking (laughs) nice to this boy who's been doing coke in our house for three years and I'm the bad cop.
0: Right. Like he can get yelled at a little bit. Don't get me wrong. He has anxiety and they can definitely address that, but he could also get talked crazy to for a little bit, you know? Um, And that's basically what uncle Phil does. And aunt Viv is understanding of that. She gives uncle Phil his space to be upset in this moment. But then, you know, she also brings up that they kind of feel like failures now, you know, that they weren't able to um better protect their kid from falling into these patterns and that they didn't really notice what was going on with Carlton because, you know, uh, quiet as it's kept. These are very busy parents. Uh, Uncle Phil had ran for di- district attorney, and now he's starting his own law firm and all this other stuff. And then Aunt Phil's doing this fellowship thing, and they we got they got very active with the saving Miss Hughes thing with Ashley. And then, uh, you know, um, they kind of um, dispatched Will to keep an eye on Carlton. Like, hey, Will, you like watch your cousin for me while we go and not watch your your cousin. You know, <laughs> and so. I understand why they would feel that way. I I think they should give themselves more grace, but they should probably be looking at the amount of attention they've spent uh, on Carlton outside of, you know, sports and academics. Because it does seem like he's been having a lot of stuff going on in his life for a very long time, at least three years.
3: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, as a um, Mm non-parent, let it be known, I do not know the ins and outs or the do's and don'ts or the goods and bads of parenting. Same Um, thing. I can only, yeah. we can only speak on what we're seeing here and what we've maybe experienced. But for me, I feel like I can see a world where your kid's doing well at school, grades are high, uh, no calls from school, nothing bad. You've met his friends. All his friends seem nice. No one seems sketchy. You put all that together. You're like, oh, my son figured it out. That's awesome. and And that gives you more trust, right? You do, your grades are better. You can hang out with your friends more because they're not going to, your parents are going to be like, well, homework or listen, these grades are low. You're spending too much time with your friends. If everything's doing really good, you're going to give them more lax time, which, mm. you know, they've clearly that on top of the fact that they're both busy with so many other things. They have three kids, he's got a whole firm, she's got her arts. Like they are got a lot going on, a lot of plates they're spinning. So I can, you know, I think they should give themselves a little bit more grace because to say that we failed him. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, your son is still a caring individual and is still loving. He's not, you know, he's not. There's so many worse things he could do. And not to say that, oh, this is bad, but it's not as bad as this. I'm not trying to, you know, to do that for Carlton here. But I think they're being very harsh on themselves. But I also think that look at their family, right? Look at the house they've, they've put together. Mm. Um, I feel like this is one of those situations where in the original Fresh Prince, uh, Hillary is a little bit of the menace in the in the family in the original yes. and Fresh Prince, right? She flunks out of school, doesn't tell them. She's like, you know, she's the one partying, doing all these other things. Carlton has always been the academic. He's always been the one. So for them, they're like, oh, yeah, with Carlton, we nailed it. And I feel like it's more so that they're like, with Carlton, he's a 100% kid. Now they're like, oh, he's 65. That is not good. We thought he was 100 this whole time, and we've been treating him as such.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, help, Puya. Even Jeffrey was busy with his own shit too. You know, it's oh, bad yeah. when the bodyguard ain't even paying attention. Um, <laughs> so by the end of the episode, we see Carlton and Uncle Phil embrace, and Phil realizes that he is going to have to work through this with Carlton. Uh, you know, as opposed to just yelling at him. And we see Aunt Viv looking for rehab facilities for Carlton as well. So, Puya season three do we get carlton in rehab or are we gonna get you know like uh maybe off screen he went to rehab and now Ooh, we get yeah. fully formed carlton after rehab what what do you think we're gonna do when we come back in uh two or four
3: two to four years <laughs> okay so when we get back here in 2029 here's what i think <laughs> is gonna happen i think the we're, the opening episode season three episode one is going to be We open with Will, obviously. He's the Fresh Prince. He is that. So we got to open with uh, Will. But the underlying story and the main story of episode one is going to be Carlton's coming out of rehab and they're planning a little party for him. They're planning a little get together. All the family's Mm -hmm. getting all the stuff together. Oh, Will, did you pick up the cake? I did pick up the cake. Uh, Hillary's like, well, I I made this. And and everyone's going to be like united to welcome Carlton home. That's what I think we're going to see. I don't think we're going to see him at the rehab facility at all.
0: Personally, I don't think I would hate getting a glimpse of it. And mean, maybe they'll give us some flashbacks of the things that he went through because uh, rehab is not a uh, a fix all for addiction, right? It is to no. help you with addiction, but uh, you are recovering as long as you are recovering, right? And so we, I, I could see Carlton struggling with this in the future as a part of his storyline. But honestly, Puya, I am tired of Carlton's coke storyline it's been two whole seasons of Carlton sneaking doing coke I I want them to move him to something I won't say a little bit more positive but just give him something else because this has been it's been done we got it he did coke he's been found out but it would be nice to see healthy Carlton for more than two or three episodes at a time
3: yeah I'd be very game if um if we just follow him from another lens and it's just yeah. him doing different stuff and, and you know the coke doesn't get brought up again. Because I think Carlton, I mean, first of all, Ollie the actor nailed it this season. Yes. The ups and 100%. downs of Carlton were done phenomenally. Every bit of it. Even even the the um the speech in front of the whole school was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm ready for Ollie to just be goofy. I'm ready for Carlton to just be a menace. Uh and, and I don't mean menace like bad menace, but just like a little little troll, a little. Well, you know, like a little ribbing and, and little Carlton and Will fights about nothing. Little jabs, little roasts. That's what I want now. I don't want any more fights and any more drug drama.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel like we're getting the Carlton dance anytime soon uh, with, this, with this drug drama going on. Uh, but that was like the biggest headline of the mm-hmm. episode for me, which is weird because this is Belair and it started, it, you know, the main character is Will. And I felt like Will's storyline was Almost nothing. You know, um, we've spent this whole entire season building up to the Doc and Will drama, trying to figure out why Doc is so shady. Should Uncle Phil and Will trust him? All this other stuff. We get here to episode 10, and um we see that Doc needs Uncle Phil to, you know, help him uh get. This Lorenzo guy off his back. And for a minute, of course, Uncle Phil is not down with that. He does feel like he's being, you know, used and that Will was being used and he doesn't really want to get involved in all this shady business. Um, but Will goes and gets his teammates to come and talk to Uncle Phil. And they all discuss that Doc has done so much for them on and mm-hmm. off the court that Uncle Phil kind of owes it to the kids to do them a favor and help out Doc in this situation. I mean, he's helped out their families and all this other stuff. And although he got tied up with the Lorenzo thing, there has to be a way out of this. So throughout this episode, we kind of see Uncle Phil deal with that. And he ends up going uh, and having a sit down with Lorenzo and Doc and um trying to discuss a buyout so he wants doc to be able to pay lorenzo off so lorenzo shuts the hell up leaves this alone goes takes his money starts his own uh basketball club his own aau thing and moves on and leaves these kids lives intact um but there is a very good moment puya where uh (laughs) lorenzo is not having it he's like i'm about to go f you and f you too he tries to walk out and our boy Jeffrey in the plaid suit, uh kind of give him the like, nah, you going back in there building um Puyo, Jeffrey be roughing people up for the Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: And I love him. And he's yeah. amazing. Yes, like,
0: was Jeffrey just gonna beat that man ass if he tried to leave? Like you yeah. can't just do that to people,
3: bro. He walked out and he said, "I don't believe the conversation's over." You sit your ass back in that chair, Lorenzo. <laughs> get your
0: ass in that chair. Um, <laughs> and you know, Lorenzo, to his to his credit, before Jeffrey threatened him with violence in a weird way, um, he was willing to take whatever was whatever L he was about to get from Uncle Phil because Uncle Phil had dug up all of this back, uh, you know, um, backstory about Lorenzo, like all his criminal activity that he's done in the past, the shadiness and, um, you know, Uncle Phil was threatening to let that stuff loose and out into the public if Lorenzo didn't cooperate. But again, Lorenzo kind of like was willing to take that L until Jeffrey... Uh, gently reminded him to go sit back down and hear Uncle Phil out some more. So ultimately, Uncle Phil, Doc, and Lorenzo come to an agreement that this is bigger than them. This is about the kids. Uh, Doc will pay Lorenzo extra money to take this buyout uh, and to go quietly, and then that will leave Doc to uh, continue doing what he's doing and helping the kids without anybody getting in trouble. Puya, what did you think about this conclusion to the Doc storyline?
3: Here's the thing. If this was the main story of the of the night, I would have said this was awful. Yeah. It's like just a whimper. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. They had us in the first half, the whole first half of the season. I thought this is the main story. This is the main Mm -hmm. story. This ended up being the fourth most important story of the night. And and this story involved Will. So um, I am happy, though, that it didn't go too long. You know, mm-hmm. after everything, once we realized Doc wasn't the big bad, I'm fine with this ending like this. I, and we hadn't seen Lorenzo. So I'm very happy that Lorenzo was a one night episode guy. Three minutes mm-hmm. in, out. He got, you know, bullied by Jeffrey into sitting down and taking the deal. We take that. We will take that and we'll run with it because there was a lot of other stuff to cover.
0: Yeah. Yeah um and this will storyline was just so small it we we wrapped it up so quickly in the episode that i i I had to remember what was the big headline here and it definitely was the carlton (laughs) and the coke storyline um so seeing that will and uncle phil have figured this zenith thing out puya does will continue to play aau basketball moving forward
3: i think so right i think now he's good with doc the whole thing was he was mad at what doc had done and he refused to go right Mm -hmm. i think now that he knows Doc was never in a position where he was being like, yeah, he's taking money, but he's also helping out the students anytime they've needed something. He's never let them, you know, go without food and, and like helped out the families. You know, one of them had mentioned, yeah, we couldn't pay rent. And then out of nowhere, money showed up. And we know it was Doc. So I think that to Will and and like, you know, the other, sm- again, very small appearance. Blink and you'll miss it. Will at one moment in the episode has a, a, a FaceTime with his mom. And he talks about how he thought he didn't need his dad, and he feels like he does need his dad. And actually, his mom is what caused him to, you know, look into the Doc stuff and and end up helping out here. I think Will kind of sees Doc as a father figure. And that, I think, means that he's made up with Doc now. He goes back to Zenith. And the school's out, so there's no school team right now, even though the school did offer him a spot back next year if he wants it.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot to unpack there. Uh, Will does FaceTime his mom, and his mom... Points out that will is looking for a male role model in a lot of these men and they keep letting him down as will mm-hmm. says and she says maybe stop looking for those qualities in other people and just find those qualities in yourself right so like you don't need lou uncle phil doesn't have to be perfect doc doesn't have to be perfect for you to still you know have a relationship with them um, but you know people let people down and it's okay but if you're putting all of your self-worth in I I have to be completely uh, involved in this person, right? This person has to be perfect or, or my self-worth is bad. My, he has to be my male ro- uh, role model or, uh, or something's wrong with me. If you're giving them that much power over you, then maybe you shouldn't, you know? Uh, and so it, it, the doc thing really broke will down. You know, he just mm-hmm. could not believe that he got let down by somebody else like that. Like, I mean, Lou, uncle Phil and doc pretty much back to back to back, uh, was a lot, and so I did like that his mom pointed that out. But you did bring up a good point Will is potentially going to be back on Bel Air's basketball team next year because he, he helped out the prep school kids. Um, him and Tyler, who we barely got any of this season, uh, they Tyler. Talked-
3: Exists, mm-hmm. we just don't see him.
0: <laughs> he He's on the basketball team, and that's it, he does not leave the gym. Uh, and so, uh, while Will is doing all this other stuff, Tyler has been focusing on basketball, and I think they're in the playoffs and they're about to get beat, um, you know, pretty badly. So, Will decides to step in and help them out by letting them scrimmage with the Zenith team. And, uh, we know the Zenith team they are a uh, cut above because they are one, some, some of them are grown, but then also it's a lot of them that are, um, you know, have been, uh, I guess practicing year round. We've talked about the benefits of AAU basketball before. Mm-hmm. And so this scrimmage is going to be really good. So that the Bel Air, uh, uh, Academy kids will, uh, learn a new style of basketball, you know, or maybe like, uh, step their game up, you know, through osmosis and playing and practicing with t- people who are better than them. So the coach who was also invited to this, uh, Will's basketball coach from Bel Air, he sees this as, as well. And that's when he offers Will a, um, uh, a ticket back to the basketball team for the next season. And Will, of course, takes him up on that offer. So Puya, next season, Will's going to be doing senior year. So he's going to be doing school. He's going to be doing AAU basketball. And he's going to be on the basketball team at Bel Air Academy. I think there's uh, a lot of room for error here.
3: Oh yeah. And 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 he has a relationship again. So uh, you know, and juggling a whole relationship in there and Carlton and family, like. He's going to be busy-busy, so we'll see how he takes all of that. I'm sure there's drama to come.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the relationships, you want to talk about another flop of a storyline? this gave me nothing. <laughs> us with it. this gave me nothing will struggles with doc throughout this episode but we also see that him and lisa reconnect and it feels nice that they were friends but by the end of the episode they are more than friends again lisa and will decide to uh take their friendship back to the level it was at they uh can no longer be apart everybody sees it drew tells lisa to stop playing in his face you know hey uh Everybody can tell that you are still got a thing for uh will uh will clearly has a thing for Lisa, even to the point where jackie Doc's niece, who we saw will get busy with a couple episodes ago uh, or last episode or something like that um Jackie even catches on that uh this might not be a thing anymore for her and will and that will and Lisa are back together. um so Puya, will and Lisa, this is a thing for season three, the relationship. Oh, what, yeah. what do you think's gonna happen here?
3: Yeah, Jackie is gone. You know, Forever? despite I think I mean, look, she's still there because Doc's still there, right? In the story. Um, mm-hmm. I think their relationship's done because it felt like despite the fact that you know Will is good with Doc and understands Doc's true motives. The truth is, Jackie knew about Doc's scheme and still lied on him and made mm-hmm. a play for him to you know come in and just didn't reveal any of this. And he still feels slighted by that. So that's over. Now, I don't know if it's because he was talking to, to Lisa more. What changed? That's my big question, Will. What changed that suddenly now you're like, you know what? No, we need to try again. We need to, you know, forget what we said. So, mm, like, to me, nothing's changed since then outside of you not really wanting to mess with Jackie anymore. So what's up?
0: Yeah, I think. And I, I this could be a reach but it feels like Lisa and Will bond over not having parents you know um, Lisa does not have a close relationship with her dad as we know because of the shadiness between her and her, her dad and her mom mm-hmm. uh, and then we know her mom is no longer with us and so uh, mm-hmm. she kind of uh is off you know on a limb by herself and we saw will come to her aid and her side in the hospital that day when the new baby was being born right and so i think that's when he won lisa back over uh and didn't even know it now when the jackie stuff comes out and will's disappointed by jackie he's disappointed by uncle phil he's disappointed by uh doc and he's on the beach sulking and crying and all that stuff lisa is the one to come to his side you know mm-hmm. so in a world where he's looking for somebody to be there for him to not let him down who was it you know who came to his side it was lisa and so i think they've really been leaning on each other in those moments where they feel like they don't have anybody else and it has just pushed them back together um and it does make me wonder if there, if we're ever going to see any more of jackie because lisa and will have done this now twice uh already they've gotten together and um it does feel like this could be something that lasts but i don't think we have any reason to believe that jackie would stop pursuing will i mean we know that they've gotten physical 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 um already uh and we know that she's not going anywhere if doc isn't going anywhere so i think there is room for a little love triangle drama there i don't know if you see that in the cards as well but we got a whole season to explore that
3: we could see that and i could see them doing that but i don't want that yeah that makes sense
0: Okay. You don't think it'd be boring to just see Lisa and Will just living happily ever after in season three?
3: I think it would be, but I feel like if um if they've got their own personal problems, I don't think it's a bad thing then. But if everything is good, oh, you know what? School's great. The, the basketball team's great. The high school basketball team's great. Work is good. Me and Jazz are tight. Me and Carlton are – yeah, I'm bored. Do something but if there are other problems it's nice to have that uh these two are solid and we don't have to worry about their will they won't they because trust we have two will they won't days in next season we do not need a third one there are too many will they won't days there's actually three if you want to get technical we don't Uh,
0: well i I was actually going to talk about a fourth one because i think i know the three you're talking about but we have not mentioned drew that much uh drew is not dead he is alive. He still goes Ooh. to the school. I know, I know, I know. But we got to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Drew is still <laughs> there. And uh, we know he a dirty macker himself. He definitely told Lisa uh, to come clean, you know, uh, give it up, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. We know you got feelings for uh, Will here. <laughs> um, and I feel like if Will starts slipping, that Drew it's still potentially lurking in the background. Uh, because, again, he was not wrong about the Carlton thing at all uh and he says he knows he can be something somewhat of a jerk sometimes but uh it's because he saw through the bs he could see through the carlton stuff and he could definitely see that lisa was not overwhelmed so there's still room for a backslide there with drew i just don't know if we're gonna get more drew for sure i think it's hard to tell at this point
3: yeah i'm unsure i feel like they've made drew a big enough character on the show um because was um the name of the girl that carlton was connecting with early on was it yasmin Yasmin. yeah yasmin
0: Yasmin, yeah See,
3: yasmin i'm if we don't see her again i wouldn't be shocked because she didn't have that much of a feature but drew by the end was on every episode and had you know his handprints are all over this with the who leaked the tape it was drew who was trying Mm -hmm. to holler at um lisa it was drew who did carlton beat up in the bowling alley it was drew so i think he's still gonna be involved in some way shape or form for sure
0: yeah, uh I could see that uh I don't know how, how I feel about it. If it's just like, you know, Petty Drew trying to spite Lisa or Will for getting back together, or if he's just gonna be sitting around waiting on uh Will to slip up so that he can scoop uh Lisa up like uh you know Lamarcus and Hillary might have, you know, had like how that might have happened. Uh but we haven't gotten to that yet, Puya. We have to take an ad break, but when we come back, we will discuss a couple more love triangles that are uh potentially coming our way right after this.
2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: So, love triangles. This season apparently is full of them. One of them that I think we kind of have to start with because there's a couple cute love triangles here. Like, it's like, okay, you know, some dating issues, blah, blah, blah. But Puya, this Uncle Phil and Erica thing has gone too far already
3: what are we doing what's happening why did this need to be a thing now what's
0: happening what is exactly what is happening what is happening um uncle phil I've, I've said this before on the podcast. I don't see Uncle Phil actually, uh, you know, cheating on Aunt Viv. I don't want that for this uh, nuclear family. We don't get a lot of these uh, nice, wholesome, rich black families on TV, so I would like for this one to kind of be like that, at least in the the relationship uh, area. I don't want it to be boring, but you know, I don't need any infidelity coming from these people. But throughout this episode, we see. That Uncle Phil is leveraging his relationship with Erica to um to start his own law firm. He wants to do Philip Banks and Associates. And uh this is not what Erica was expecting when uh when she asked him to join uh was a Carson and Lake. Um, uh, but Uncle Phil does say, tell them that, that Carson and Lake needs Phil Banks and Associates because they don't really partner with any minorities, and this would look good. He knows that uh diversity is good for business and he would be diverse, and so this does work out for him, but um. It does catch Erica off guard, so she decides to catch him off guard with a kiss on the lips. She just gives him one. Just point blank. And uh, Puya I flinched. I wasn't ready.
3: I was not ready either, and I really felt like the excuse of old habits. No! What do you mean old habits? No!
0: 55,000 years, ma'am. That is not an old habit.
3: Like, you have been... It has been a whole decade plus since. This Mm -hmm. is not an old habit.
0: No. No. So Erica makes her move here, and Uncle Phil shuts it down originally, which is great, because even Jeffrey can tell that this is not a good relationship to keep going, Phil. This woman wants you, and she's not going to stop it until she gets you. But by the end of the episode, and this is where I get really upset, um, Erica texts him, asking him out to dinner or drinks or something. Lunch. And- yeah, lunch, whatever the case may be. Which lunch is the least sexiest meal of the day? So I'll give her that. It wasn't a blatant, like you know, uh, come on, you know, Tim. Yeah, but Uncle Phil says sure. Are you you mean you want me to believe that Carlton's coke habit then pushed Uncle Phil into cheating on uh, Aunt Viv? Is that really what we're about to do?
3: Here's the thing, right? Because like you said, lunch is the least sexiest. It's also the least like. implied thing you know Mm -hmm, if i ask you to lunch we could be co-workers we're just friends you know but if i see you texting no i'm good and then backspacing it to okay yeah now i know there's something up i didn't like that i saw that i wish i didn't see that phil Mm -hmm. um and yeah what are we are we actually supposed to believe that the little argument with carlton and and in front of viv about how I'm sick and tired of getting blamed for everything. And then that combined with, Oh, Erica made it work that you have your own firm now. Oh, she's, this is someone who sees me for me that I, I do stuff. I get stuff. that I am valuable. No, this is stupid. This is not enough for me on the storyline for uncle Phil to suddenly be, you know, welcoming a lunch that he knows is not good for him.
0: Yeah. Even if nothing happens, he has to know Aunt Viv is going to hate this. She's going to hate all every part of this because one, he's not going to tell her uh, because that would be crazy. Don't, uh, Phil, if you're listening to this, don't go tell her, stupid. Uh, but <laughs> you know, she's going to find out eventually as well. And that also is going to make you look dumb because when she finds out, she is not going to be happy. I'm not no. quite sure how he's going to smooth that over, but is there any world where this is a misdirect and maybe it's just business lunch or is this actually going to be something we have to deal with in season three?
3: I really hope it's just business lunch. I don't want, like you said, I, one of my favorite things about Fresh Prince is that no matter what went down on that show, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv are the rocks of the family, right? Yeah. Hillary gets in hijinks, Uncle Phil and Amviv are there. Will's doing the shady stuff, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv are there. Carlton is dealing with stuff, they're there. I love that about the original. And I want that to stay here. I do not want them to have turmoil as well. Because we have enough turmoil at home, we don't need more.
0: No, we don't need that. Uh, and speaking of the Fresh Prince and uh, Aunt Viv, uh, we have the Aunt Viv storyline here where Aunt Viv is talking to old Aunt Viv, old light skin Aunt Viv, aka yeah. Janice, is here, and they finally have to have it out about this fellowship. Uh, because we know Aunt Viv has been struggling with the fellowship, uh, the Neiman Fellowship all season because she felt like Janice has been holding her back and different and many different ways. And eventually they offer and Viv uh, Janice's job. So Janice comes to Aunt Viv and says something to the effect of, you know, like, do, can, uh, I did this thing for you. Uh, I got your artwork showing. Uh, they're going to show it in five different galleries or something to, to that effect. And Aunt Viv is very happy about it. Um, but we find out very quickly that Janice is trying to get Aunt Viv to come clean because she already knows that Aunt Viv is coming for her job. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um she she's it, it's very funny to me because um she she says uh fuck light skinned Aunt viv said fuck and I flipped. Yeah, she
3: cussed. I was like, I, hold I, on, where she, are she, we?
0: She's not supposed to be able to do that, Puyam.
3: I agree. Like, Aunt viv, I, no.
0: Yeah. What is that about? So Janice Janice basically calls Aunt Viv out and, uh, about trying to steal her job and says that, oh, sh- you ain't gonna steal my job, and that's a fucking promise. And I screamed uh, because, <laughs> what? Um, but they end up uh, coming to terms with this, Aunt Viv and uh, light-skinned Aunt Viv, Janice, uh, because uh, Aunt Viv tries to make a truce. She goes to Janice and says, look, we can get in a very public dispute about this. And it can be two black women t- coming after each other, uh, whole while the mean the Neiman fellowship is moving on without us both, and we're out here making a fool of ourselves, wearing our clown noses. Or you can uh release a press release and uh announce that you're stepping down from the position and just let me have it. <laughs> you What the hell? And Viv just went and told this woman to shut up and retire. Like your old ass need to go on somewhere so I can have your job. And Janice went for it. I don't know how I feel about this storyline.
3: She manipulated her. She fully manipulated, manipulated her. And said, Listen, she either her. <laughs> you can make us look bad or you can make us look bad and they replace us with someone who's not even you know us uh-huh. how not do you good. feel about that i think the best thing for you to do is just retire because they want to get rid of you anyway <laughs> like... mm-hmm.
0: you might as well just go well yeah you never get in the job listen they are gonna give it to somebody not you so at least let me have it hell keep it in the family keep it in the vives
3: <laughs> keep it in the vives yeah
0: puya she does this and i was shocked to see that this actually worked you know by the end of the episode we're seeing that it's now being announced that uh Aunt viv is now the in janice's position position and the press release is out janice has passed the torch to anviv viv to take over this thing uh now uh Aunt viv has a lot going on in her family right now you know um phil is potentially straying or at least his eyes are wandering right now um carlton is on coke and it might be very public very quickly she has to find rehab for him uh and so that is a struggle. And then on top of all that, she got this new job, uh, which was already going to be a struggle. So I don't know if this is a good time for Aunt Viv to be taking a position like this, Puya. but I definitely would not suggest that she wait because Uncle Phil suggested Aunt Viv back off of some of this stuff and she went left and I think rightfully so, Puya.
3: Yeah, I agree. 100% rightfully so. Like, all right, Phil. How about you take take a back seat? How about you do that? Weren't you supposed mm-hmm. to do that? Then you decided I don't want to do this anymore. You can't ask her to do that now. She's clearly trying to do something here. Also, uh, just real quick, back to back to the Janice. I hate that we made Janice drop the f bomb on us, and then yeah, it was for nothing. You're telling me she said there is no effing way you're getting this job, and then the next scene she gave the job up. Oh, Janice mm-hmm. really tried hard for that, huh? Really battled here. That didn't happen. Yeah, I think it's gonna be complicated next season, Chappelle. Right? right, there's a lot of layers, and everything's pointing to both of you need to stay home with your kids right now. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I think things are gonna move. I hate, I will not forgive Bel Air for getting rid of Reed Broderick, which was great because right. we're like, stay away from Anviv and now. Erica's here and she's doing the Reed Broderick thing just on the other side. I hate it. We don't need this. Move the storyline along.
0: Right. Like you said, we have so many uh love triangles out here, and one that we have not addressed um since the absence of Reed Broderick, since the appearance of Erica. Um, I think the real the real villain here, Puya, is Lamarcus. I think he has uh <laughs> set out for a goal and he has accomplished his goal. Um, in this episode, we see Lamarcus. Invite Hillary to Paris. He uh doing big things. Uh, gonna fly her out to Paris, the the Champs Elysees and uh, the Arc de Triumphs. He just starts like dropping French words and shit on her. Her eyes are all dazzled. She's 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 drinking the Kool Aid here. He knows he got her where uh, he wants her. But then Jazz shows back up, and Jazz is um, making his final plea. He's, uh, he's talked to Will. Will tells him, hey, if you feel a certain way about Hillary, you need to go talk to her before she gets on the plane yeah. with LaMarcus. And um, he does. He makes a play. He he does attempt. But as I just said, Hillary and LaMarcus do end up in Paris. Puya, what did you think about Jazz and his uh, gambit? I guess you've called this his, uh, <laughs> his
3: last plea, his last stand. Yeah, his last, last push, stand. Yeah, Playoff yeah. push. I don't know.
5: Mm.
3: Um, listen, everything in me was saying, just take him back. Please mm-hmm. let us be happy. I think they made the right call, not making them happy. Jazz has to, you know, it's clear he's learned a little bit that he mm. was at fault, right? But I think he needs to really feel that because, you know, in when he goes to get her back, Hillary does mention, you not know how many days I basically could do nothing. I couldn't function. I was fully hurt by you, Jazz. Um, And he admits, you know, he takes blame, but she's like, can you promise me that I will not be hurt like that again? And he says, honestly, no, which is the very right and mature answer. Right. That is the very Mm -hmm. truthful answer of, hey, love is unpredictable. And we never know where it's going to take us, realistically. I think Hillary's like, well, I have a free trip to Paris to think it over. Let me go (laughs) and let me feel it out. Let me see what I'm thinking. Let me have some fresh pastries. And and we'll recoup when I get back. And, And also, let's punish him a little bit for doing that to me. And I think it was the right call.
0: Yeah, because if this is the other way around, right, if Hillary had done something like this to Jazz and just showed back up while Jazz had moved on to, I don't know, someone like Ivy or something, because we still, I'm still holding out hope for our storyline there. Um, but <laughs> um, if this was the other way around, I'd be saying, Jazz, stand up, stand your ass up, don't let Hillary put you in a blender like that and then just come back because she feel like it, right, because you then moved on to something bigger and better. So, I'd be remiss to not say the same thing to Hillary. Jazz uh, did you wrong. He hurt your feelings. And so, for you to go running back to him just because you like him, and he tells you he's in love, yeah, you like a lot of people right now. You like LaMarcus, you like Jazz, you can like two people at the same time, and you don't have to go be with Jazz right this second. And so, uh, I appreciate her going and uh and being with the baller that chose her, as opposed to, you know, Jazz, who was pushing her away. Uh, but... I know this isn't the end of the storyline. Jazz makes it very clear that he ain't going nowhere. You know, uh, he will be there when she uh, is ready to uh, receive him, I guess. And so um, next season, I'm assuming we just have to wait and see how this Marcus (laughs) and Hillary storyline plays out.
3: Yeah, the only thing he received was a UPS package at what felt like 11 at night, which is the most unrealistic thing I've seen on this show.
0: Oh my god, yeah. It was the middle of the night and he's like the, the doorbell rings or there's a knock at the door. He opened the door. We all think it's Hillary, but oh no, it's a package. It's probably like a record yeah, or something. You're telling me a
3: package know. got delivered at eleven at night, hand delivered. They didn't just three point shoot it onto your porch. Get out of here.
0: Shenanigans, pure shenanigans. <laughs> um, but yeah, more of that to come. Puya, do you think we're gonna get our Ivy storyline with Jazz, or is Jazz just gonna be a uh pining for Hillary all next season?
3: I think that I think if Ivy gets involved, it'll be later. I think ultimately now that him and Hillary are like, he's told Hillary how he feels. I don't think he's holding any ill will to Hillary. So Mm -hmm. I don't think he would do something. He knows would upset Hillary, like go with Ivy. I think the Ivy storyline had to have had happened at this point. It didn't. I don't think it's happening.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much more we get of of Ivy or Karuchi. You know, I, I I we've seen them in the influencer space, but Hillary's kind of moving in the influencer space without them. She could leave that house Uh, you know, no disrespect to them, but she's got LaMarcus in his clout right now too. Um, But I don't know, maybe the Carlton stuff slows her down. I don't really know what's next for Hillary, but I know that LaMarcus might be around for a little bit. I think he feels like he would have to leave, you know, like uh, how he left the first time where they broke up originally when he went to go to the pros, right? Or switch teams or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like something like that is going to have to happen for Hillary to end up breaking up with him. Cause right now it does seem like a, a, a match made in heaven.
3: Yeah. Like uh he gets her back and then he old habits dies hard zit and says, I got to go for this, like, you know, team. Mm. Will you move with me? No, my whole operations here. He's like, well, I got to go. This is my career. And then that's it. The relationship's over that. I could see if, if she comes back from Paris and she's, Fully giving it a shot with Lamarcus. I do think that's how it would end if it was going to end.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And speaking of Europe, Puya, where the hell did this storyline come from? Jeffrey is being stalked. Uh, somebody is watching Jeffrey uh and frederick who we saw roughly four or five episodes ago um jeffrey and frederick had a sit down in the states um, uh, where you know jeffrey tried to make amends with his son uh before ultimately his son go- went back to london but now throughout this episode uh jeffrey's getting a bunch of calls from an unknown number from uh and he ends up going to trace the call because jeffrey can do stuff like that he traces calls you know mm-hmm. all the time I'm, I'm assuming um and he found out that these calls are coming from i'm assuming the cd area in, in london maybe east east london brick the the back streets of brixton or something like that um and Bro, you, um, got, you got that grime music knowledge what are you talking about i, I don't listen to that shit but i've been to i've been hey. to brixton before and i didn't listen to that shit there either <laughs> but uh, that's you're not you're
3: missing out, right man that. you're missing out
0: i'm not i'm not man's not hot okay he's just not <laughs>
3: okay you <laughs> uh, can't bring up big shack who's like I, a comedy guy <laughs> yeah it's all comedy
0: it's all comedy mine could never be hot. that there's <laughs> listen <laughs> that's neither here nor there the point is we talk about jazz getting a package in the middle of the night jeffrey gets mail and it is a photo of him and frederick and now we are led to believe that somebody's
3: watching them Who? what the hell is this about I don't know, but I'm so intrigued and I want a spinoff show right now. Just following Ooh. Jeffrey. You know, it's like, it, okay, so if there wasn't a writer's strike, this is how I would go. Still okay. drop Bel Air season three in February, but give us a Jeffrey spinoff where Jeffrey goes to London to investigate all of this stuff with his with his son, with the phone call, and take him back to the ends, see what he finds there, and all the stuff in between. That's what I would have wanted. That's what have, that would have been ideal to me.
0: Yeah. Uh I don't know what this is about to be. The only thing I can hold on to, because I know that we know Jeffrey has a past, right? And it's uh he did some dirt back in the day. We know that he's always cupping eye on Frederick, but we never had any reason to believe that this was going to follow jeffrey now we know that he was able to remove himself thanks to uncle phil from a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. um he's come over here and started basically a new life um and so maybe that's catching up to him or maybe we're going to see some parallel with uh the original fresh prince because i told you frederick was a scammer in the first fresh prince he was trying to get over is there any world where Frederick is uh. Oh, I, I will say this: the call is coming from inside the house. Is this Frederick <laughs> uh, trying to get over on now that he knows he's uh filthy loaded?
3: Man, of all the stories to bring back from the Fresh Prince, if it's this one, it'll break my heart. Um, but I could see it. I don't think that's a far-fetched idea. I could see it.
0: I wouldn't hate it, Puya. That would be such a like uh surface level problem, right? We find out that Frederick is extorting Jeffrey and pretending to be held hostage or something like that. So Jeffrey sends more money, and then Jeffrey finds out they stop sending the money. Boom! We did it. Four episodes in and out. I think they'd be okay.
3: I mean, if the alternative is. Uh, frederick was taken hostage or Mm -hmm. um someone's trying to like get revenge on on jeffrey because you know his past yeah that those are the alternatives that would take a little too long maybe and we might lose jeffrey because you know we don't necessarily trust that they're gonna take us to london with him if he's like i gotta go to london to take care of something and then we don't see him for five episodes i'd be pissed i won't i don't want that so
0: yeah And we know that Jeffrey has been doing his own uh, dirt here in the United States (laughs) as well. Um, You know, Uncle Phil has dispatched Jeffrey to do several tasks for him, including making uh, the bad guy from episode one, the one that was trying to kill Will, disappear. And so um, he
3: killed him, right?
0: Well, shoot, I'd have to assume that much. But. You know, if you were going to blackmail Jeffrey or something like that, having that information would be very beneficial, I would think. Uh, and so maybe some of the skeletons are dug up in season three. Honestly, Pooja, I just don't know.
3: As long as it doesn't, I think now I'm more on, on uh, the same page as you. Let it be mm-hmm. Frederick Scamming because then it's like, oh, I have to pay him off. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I lost my son. And he'd be sad, but he'd still be with the Bankses but if he's in danger or there's people coming after him, there's a chance they just write Jeffrey off the show. And I'm not ready for that.
0: Yeah, they, they, they probably won't. Cause I'm sure if they, when they meet with the focus groups, they can tell that like Jeffrey is a fan favorite, but also, um, it would be a darker storyline back to some of that, you know, the murderous storylines from the se- the first season. Um, and you know, that would potentially put Jeffrey in danger, but also the rest of the bank's family as well. Um, I don't know how i feel about jeffrey being able to you know walk around uh you know above the law murdering people for uncle phil um so maybe some of that needs to come out a little bit just you know so jeffrey isn't walking around i mean he's basically james bond out here he can just do what he wants um so i wouldn't hate us having to address it but i definitely don't want it to be something that people use against him or even are you know trying to um to retaliate against him with uh so yeah give me a scamming storyline i think those are pretty like you know surface level
3: that's easier that's easier and if you want to do this darker storyline uh spinoff spinoff please so you can be as dark as it needs to be
0: yeah let's take this if you want to go dark let's go dark dark you know yeah (laughs) um so uh the last storyline that they just kind of slipped in here um is uh ashley we've talked about all season it's time to address it they have not known what to do with Ashley in this season. We've actually got some feedback about Ashley's uh, place in this season as well. Um, a friend of the podcast, Scally, yes. uh, was like, why did they bring up Ashley's sexuality in the first season if they weren't even going to really touch on it, except for these one-off moments where she's just like, I'm a queer woman of color, you know, but never actually dealing with any of the issues that they brought up in season one, right? And so here in this final episode, we see Ashley and baby Karen – Kind of acknowledging each other at the um, at the founders. Uh award thing banquet or whatever the case may be award uh ceremony um <laughs> baby Karen uh compliments Ashley on her pants suit and Ashley compliments <laughs> baby Karen on her rainbow flag uh, uh pin and um I think this is both of them acknowledging that they might both be uh uh you know queer in the different in, in 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 different ways uh, you like I guess the pants suit was a dead giveaway I don't know uh but I guess we're led to believe that Olivia and Ashley might have that in common or at least at the very least olivia is an ally uh so um yeah this is the first real time that we've really addressed ashley uh in this way throughout the season um so it looks like ashley has potentially at the very least made a friend puya
3: or maybe more maybe more i am baffled because in the first season you know, they they slowly brought it in, but then they made it very clear. There was a convert like, Jeffrey knows. Jeffrey's helping out. And, like, Hillary it was knows. a whole thing yeah. out in the open. Yeah. I feel like this season they kind of, like, not that they hush-hushed it, but it feels like they kind of left it all to very subliminal. Like, oh, I like your, your rainbow pin. All right, audience put it together what does like that mean too. what does that mean right <laughs> yeah like, why are we talking in code like you mm. basically highlighted all this in the front and i think this you know this is one of those things where i think changing the showrunners this is one of the things that changes with it right there's definitely things that i feel like were spoken about more or more in the forefront with the former showrunners than there was this season um and this was one of them. Some of the other things I've noticed along the way is I kind of felt like in the first season, I don't know if it was just me. The music felt a little bit more tailored this mm-hmm. time around. The music, there was moments, but not a lot, a lot less. Um, someone like Tyler, who was, you know, Tyler's whole thing. His whole personality was, I'm Will's friend and I have good shoes. Where were the shoes? Where Now, once shoe was yeah. seen. Like, um, it's a little thing. I mean, and these are very small, obviously, in comparison to literally a whole conversation about, you know, we delved into Ashley's identity and who mm-hmm. she is as a, as a person. And I feel like this season she was basically a secondary or tertiary character to everyone she shared a screen with. She was secondary to uh, ex-Ashley, a.k.a. Miss mm-hmm. Hughes. She was yeah. secondary to Baby Karen. She was secondary to... She was secondary to freaking Carlton in the finale. Yeah. So... Um.
0: This yeah, I just I think you're right. I think we suffer from having multiple showrunners uh, in and out, as you know, we started off with one showrunner. we you and I got to interview the the two who stepped in at that point. and now I don't even know who the showrunner is at this point, but it's not the two that we talked to. I'm not
3: sure i I have her name handy, but I did remember seeing an article when the sh- season was coming out because I remember sharing with you that, oh, um, I think the showrunners changed. <laughs> we were like, uh, what happened here? because we interviewed them. In the off season, and, and they're gone now, <laughs>
0: like, yeah. And I wonder if uh, uh Carla Banks Waddles is uh, I yes, think the, that's uh, who it is, yes, 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 yeah. She was a writer and co executive producer in season one, uh, and so uh, now she's the new showrunner, uh, at this point. And not to say that she's like purposely ignoring Ashley's storyline, but I do think that maybe, uh, uh, Rashid Newsom, who we did interview um, with him being uh, a person in the LGBTQ community, maybe he took more uh, like um, focus onto something like that. Not that I know anything about uh, Carla's identity, but I do know that that was important for Rashid to, to include in there. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's a lost in translation, or maybe... Uh, Carla has different like a different vision for how to unroll this Ashley storyline because Ashley is still a child when I'm not no one is demanding that Ashley's out here in a loving relationship with anybody right now but you know like to make it the focal point of her her uh storyline in season one and then to double back in season two and almost make it not not at all um uh, it felt weird like uh like it was snatched right away you know, there's probably a gradual way you move away from that. And you don't have to make everything about her. Like, oh, it's Ashley, the, Ashley with her, like, you know, all her rainbow flags and stuff like that. But you could at least stick to the direction you were going. Because when they dialed it back, it became Ashley the social justice warrior, you know. And uh, she was all about change and stuff like that, which was a smaller part of her in season one. So it, it kind of like it flipped, you. And so I don't know for season three what that looks like for Ashley.
3: Right. And that's my big thing, right? Is that I'm you know, again, things change. You you maybe you're like coming into the season two, we've got a lot to unpack, there's a lot to unload, so we gotta make sacrifices here or there and put other stuff on the screen. Sure, that's all good with me. But when we already were talking about how Ashley did not have enough story or or anything of of substance in the first season to like follow. And then the one thing she did have, y'all kind of put back in the box and then brought open, you you know, like you said, may it make her main storyline now. I want the, the social justice side of things. That's fine. But when that also, she basically introduced it to the show with Miss Hughes and then Will and Carlton took over that story. They were like, all right, we do this now. We're we're getting justice. And Ashley's just Literally in the classroom watching her cousin and her brother do this. So that's my problem. My big gripe is that you know, I feel like I would like to see Ashley have a little bit more storyline next season, especially in lieu of maybe three love triangles at the same time. I feel like we can we can afford to sacrifice a love triangle to give Ashley oh, Ashley's uh math homework came in as a C minus. Why is she distracted? Even that I'll take. <laughs> give me something.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh give us something We don't get a lot to deal with Ashley. And, like, again, she's not the uh, most dynamic character as of right now. But, you know, just pick a lane and go with it. You know, Mm -hmm. this doesn't have to be her main storyline. But, you know, at least uh, address it and then move on to something bigger and stop kind of, like, breadcrumbing in that way. Because I think people uh, appreciate the representation for sure. um, But if there's not, like, if it's, like, representation for representation's sake, then it doesn't really, like, have the impact that you would hope that it would have. Um, so maybe more on Ashley to come uh, after the writer's strike. Who knows? Um, but Puya, I think that's it. I think I I think I touched on all of the topics from uh, this final episode of season two. Is there anything we missed? I'm
3: um, quickly going through my memory. Uh, no, we talked about Doc. We talked about drugs. We talked about the Founders Award being won by... Honestly, I think we got everything. I think we got everything. And uh, I'm sad. I would like to keep talking, but but it is over.
0: Yeah, um, it is over. <laughs> Belair season two is over. <laughs> but again, Puya and I are just getting started talking about this show. So if it comes back for season three, we will be back to cover that uh, here on Post Show Recaps. Uh, but in the meantime, it's time to wrap this podcast up. Puya, tell everybody what you've been working on and where they can find you, because uh, it might be a while before we return back to Belair Post Show Recap.
3: This is true, um, and I'm very sad about it. But you know, who knows? Maybe one day when our when our podcast load is a lot lighter, our workload is a lot lighter. Maybe we uh, consider going and doing a Fresh Prince of Bel Air rewatch at some point in our future, far in the Ooh. future, but at some point in our future, that could be a juicy thing to sink our teeth into. But until then, of course, mm. and until Bel Air season three comes back, you can find me on Twitter at puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, Twitch.tv/puya. This week. Um, As far as this upcoming week goes, i got a lot going on. 90 Day Fiancé, I had the lovely Kirsten McInnes back on with me to talk 90 Day. Um, next week is the penultimate episode. The week after that, the finale. So we're, you know, 90 days winding down, but it's still fun. So check that out. And uh, Mass Singer is two weeks away from finishing as well. Liana and I have been having a good time talking about it. We just recorded what I would say was our best episode of the season. Uh, the podcast, not the episode. The podcast was a banger. So you can find that. And uh, Big Brother Canada also coming to a close. I will be there. A lot of our friends are going to Toronto. Sadly, I will not be able to make it, but I will be keeping their seats warm on the recap episodes this upcoming week. So you can find me talking Big Brother Canada there. And uh, like I said earlier, you can find me on Twitch. I'm there three times a week. Twitch.tv slash you Have a good time. You can come through, say hi. I would appreciate it. And also, sorry, one last one. I'm, I'm in my Chappelle era. Look at me. Um, hey, look at one you. last one. Uh, I'm going to be, I think the first guest ever on big deck energy, the yes. Below deck recap podcast hosted by Rob and Sasha Joseph. I will be there to talk about the latest episode next week with Sasha Joseph. I'm very excited about it.
0: Oh, man, that is going to be so great. I wish I could uh, be joining you and Sasha for that one because uh, Sasha has been putting me on uh, Below Deck and it is a wild show. So I know you're going to have a good time with that. But unfortunately, I will be one of the people in Toronto next week to uh, enjoy Big Brother Canada 11 finale and uh, the live show. Uh, tied to that finale, as well as um, oh. some Survivor coverage as well.
3: Don't um, tell so, anyone, but I'm also going to be on the feedback show with Rob this week for Survivor, and I totally forgot to plug and, that. I
0: totally forgot to plug it. Okay, so Puya oh, is everywhere, per usual. Um, but
3: I'm doing my uh, best Chappelle cosplay, and I'm nailing they, it.
0: Whatever. I'll be in Toronto. So if you're gonna be in Toronto, it look hey, come up to me and, and say, Hey, I listen to Bel Air and post your Recap because that would make me very happy. Oh, I would love
3: that. Please do it so that Chappelle can tell me as well.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then um if you're not gonna be in Toronto, you can of course catch me on the Rob has a podcast network on our podcast, nothing but Netflix. Myself and Rob uh, have taken two weeks off uh, to get uh, readjusted. And we will be talking to uh, the aforementioned Sasha Joseph and uh, Akiva from uh, the 32 fans podcast podcast about uh our newest uh, netflix uh, venture um jewish match matchmaking and so um if you're a fan of indian matchmaking or any other matchmaking shows this should be right up your alley and akiva and sasha are going to take us through all of that on nothing but netflix um so check out nothing but netflix wherever you get your podcast um also this week i was on the big brother canada recap show um Kevin Jacobs has been trying to get me on all season and I'm going to drag my feet on that. As y'all know, I've been very busy, but I did join Kevin and Taryn and Melissa to talk about that. Um, so, uh, if the audio works well, then check that out because we did have some technical difficulties, but it was a good time regardless. Um, and then, uh, on post-show recaps, uh, you know, this network, of course. Uh, I am still talking about Abbott Elementary. Sadly, Abbott Elementary has ended, season two is over. But Gia and I are just getting started with uh, season two finale coverage. Um, so like Puya and I, uh we'll be dropping that very soon. uh and um you can check out the finale of Abbott Elementary season two with me and Gia on Abbott Elementary post show recap. Uh and then uh The Walking Dead is coming soon. Yeah, you heard it right. Uh fear the Walking Dead is uh Going to drop next week officially, I believe, or this upcoming week, and then um, Josh Wiggler, Jessica Lees, AJ Mass, and myself will be covering them. I won't be on the first episode because I'll be in Toronto, but uh, you could tune into post show recaps for more uh, zombie coverage with Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, and uh, lastly, this week Ariel and I uh covered the month in Grey's Anatomy on our podcast series, uh, Grey's Anatomy's Anatomy on Post Show Recaps. So um, if you are a fan of Grey's and you don't want to have to sit through a billion podcasts a year, uh, check us out. We do one a month where we cover all the episodes from Grey's Anatomy that week and we discuss everything that happened. So uh, we can all laugh about the ridiculousness of that show together as a family. Um, So, uh, check me out in all those places and follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. Make sure you follow Puya at Puyaism on Twitter as well. And uh, let me just give a, sh- a shout out to all of our homies uh, for tuning in to Bel Air, a post recap for season two. Uh, we appreciate y'all for rocking with us and we hope y'all vibe with our discussions and our analysis of each episode as season two comes to an end. We just want to give a big thanks to all our listeners for supporting us and keeping it, uh, you know, 100 100- with uh, your feedback. We couldn't have without y'all so uh you know keep that feedback coming and uh we'll keep y'all posted on any updates about season three and what that writer strike might mean for us in the meantime so we're hyped to keep talking about this show as long as y'all are listening so stay safe stay tuned and uh thanks for listening to our biller a post show recap here on post show recap. Ah.